Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the In the Saddle podcast. It's our 200th episode, and I'm delighted to be joined by Katie Midwinter, as we'll be previewing this weekend's race. And it's actually nice to have some proper jumps racing for a change. Last weekend was a little bit of a washout, wasn't it? Um, didn't have great quality cards at Wincanton um, and Newcastle as well. But this weekend, we've got plenty of good racing to get our teeth stuck into. Casey, how are things with you? Are you looking forward to the jumps action this weekend? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a lot of action in the UK and in Ireland too. A lot of good horses on show. It starts on Friday as well, doesn't it, with the rearranged NACE meeting and the lawless of NACE there. So it's going to be really exciting and Hopefully some festival clues as well heading towards uh, Cheltenham now, not long to go, only a couple of months. So, um, no, some really good action. Looking forward to it. Yeah, most certainly are. And we're actually going to be starting off with a grade one tomorrow that's thankfully been rearranged. It's uh, the 142 at NACE. It's the Layla of NACE, Novice Hurdle, grade one. Uh, Ilan Antique is your favourite at seven to four. We've then got Firefox next in at two to one. Antabur at six to one, probably butchered that one. Chapeau de Solier at 12s along with Croke Park. Lecky Watson at 16s. And the outsider is uh, reading Tommy wrong. Um, Katie, this looks an absolute belter of a race, doesn't it? I'm sure it's going to have quite a few clues on some of the anti-post markets for the Cheltenham Festival. Um, for many people in the lead-up over the last few days, it looks like a bit of a match race. Are you going to go for one of the two at the front of the market? Well, I was really keen on Il Atlantique uh, when the race was supposed to be run on Sunday. It looked like it was going to be quite testing ground, and it looks like he needs that kind of ground. Uh, there were excuses for his two bumper defeats, that the ground was maybe a little bit too dry. Um, he looks the type that really needs it quite testing. It should be soft enough for him tomorrow, and you know he's really good on his in his maiden hurdle win. So you know, hopefully he can run better, and I can see him reversing form uh, with Firefox. Seven to four now. He's maybe a little bit too short. He was around eleven to four last weekend, about Saturday, and I thought it was quite a good price. Um, but I don't know. I, we could see him drift a little bit before the off and Firefox maybe come in for a bit of support. But he looks at Willie Mullins number one, doesn't he? And he looks maybe to be a live contender in the Ballymore as well if the ground does turn up on the softer side. So I'd have to be with him. Um, but I think there is a little bit of value each way. And Sabah is a really good um, horse for Henry de Bromhead. And I like Chapa de Soleil as well. I thought he was quite big at 12 to 1. Uh, he won well last time out and maybe just wasn't right last season, but I think he, he's returned well this season and maybe he could run a big race. Yeah, I think you can make a case for loads in here. I personally, out of the two, would probably go with Firefox. I think Ilan Antique, he's been a little bit more of a talking horse and I'd like to see him how he's going to step up into grade one company. Obviously, he did nothing wrong the last day, but I, I was just maybe... Not not so keen on him, especially in one or two of his uh, bumper efforts last year. I just thought Firefox had a little bit more fight. So maybe he might reverse form now that they're going to meet over hurdles. The one I did think was massively overpriced. And I'm hoping the bookies are reading Tommy wrong. Um, I can believe he was 40 to 1. Um, I know he, he's got to probably improve on what he showed at Cork last time out but I think arguably his bumper form is right up there with most of these and even his point-to-point -point form isn't bad behind out of office who's done pretty well for Evan Williams so I, I I didn't think he was he was out of it I just thought he was very green the last day and um, just was in need of the experience and um, when he was joined he did get his head down and um, showed a bit of an attitude I think the step up and trip as well really suits him he's got a family um, full of stairs in there so I, I do think that yeah this two and a half will bring out more improvement and there have been a few few uh, mentions in some of the stable tours going under the radar that they think this could be a dark horse and I do think maybe 40 to 1 is a little bit of an insult um, I'm definitely probably going to have a saber on him but yeah, I think anything could win this race, and I wouldn't be at all surprised. But I just think maybe one or two at the top of the market may be a little bit too short. But for me, yeah, I, I'm staying with Willie Mullins, something that I don't often do, but I'm actually going to go with uh, one of his outsiders for a change. What do you think to that, Katie? Reed and Tommy Wrong, does he have a chance? I think you're right in saying that any of them could win. Um, it's a really quality field. I think Lesky Watson is a big price as well. If it turns into a bit of a stamina test, he could definitely come into play because he's a strong stayer and we know he stays further. Uh, reading Tommy wrong, he hasn't done much wrong, has he? Um, he's free from three under rules. So, you know, he's unexposed, could be in with a chance. 
but I maybe think one of the others could be stronger than him. But you never know because it is such a strong renewal. Yeah, it's going to be a great treat to kick off uh, the weekend. We're now going to move on to Saturday's racing now, where we're going to go to Kempton, first of all. And the first race we're going to look at Kempton is the 130. It's the new Betton race with Coral Handicap Chase. And Chanty Classico is your favourite at 4-1. to one. We've then got Phlegmatique at 6, Gustavian at 10s, Latitude at 12s, Derush Counter 16s, Moreda 25s, and Manila Trump is the outsider at 33 to 1. Katie, I thought Chicanto Classo, um, if I pronounced his name correctly, butchered that one again. Chianti Classico, I think. Yeah, Chianti Classico. Um, always has to correct me on my name pronunciation, but I thought he was probably the one to be with. He does obviously have to give away a lot of weight to some of his rivals, but did we think um do we think he's a, a good thing here? I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a really nice horse. Um, I remember backing him in the Albert Bartlett at around 66 to 1, I think he was. Um, so I've always been a fan of his and, you know, he's made a really good start to his chasing career. I think this is a bit of a trappy race, though. Uh, if he wins here, he's going to go up another few pounds, isn't he? And if the ultimate is his aim, um, I, I don't know how he's going to fare off a, a much higher mark. I think he's probably the best horse in the race, but as you say, he's given away a bit of weight and there could be one in here off a lower mark that could maybe beat him in this race. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily be saying it's a penalty kick for him, but he should go well. He, he's a good jump of a fence and he's got a good engine. So I think he'll definitely be one to keep on side this season, whether or not he'll be winning this convincingly. I'm not so sure, but definitely if he does go to the festival, I'd be very interested in him. He's probably the one you could say in the race that has the most upside to him moving forward. You know, he's the least exposed to these in the field, could be open to more improvement. I thought from a betting point of view, it was a little bit trappy. I thought if he didn't um, come up trumps, I just thought some of the others in behind him, Flegmatique, yes, he's been there, got the T-shirt, has won over the course and distance, but has been a little bit, not disappointing, but it's been hard to, to win with and, I could see him maybe running well, but not being quite good enough. Gustavian as well, he seems like he's done quite well in in the last couple of seasons, progressing up the ladder for Anthony Honeyball. But again, he might just bump into one or two. I just thought it was really trappy, really. But if I had to give a selection, I'd probably just go with uh, Shanty Classico. But um, yeah, not not a really strong opinion for me uh, in the 130 at Kempton. We're now moving on to a great little race now at Kempton for the Coral Silvignano Conte uh, Chase. It's a great two, and Bambiridge is your favourite at nine to four. We then got Edward Stone next in at eleven to four. Pick Dory as well is also eleven to four. Not long till May at thirteen to two, and Janadil's the outsider, fourteen to one. Katie um, Bambiridge, he's a horse that I've been looking forward to seeing this season. Um, he was meant to run in the Peterborough Chase at Huntington, but unfortunately that race got abandoned. The grounds probably key to him and. It's currently good stuff at the moment. It'll probably stay like that um, come race day. Do we think if the ground um, is up his street, he's the one they've all got to beat? Yeah, definitely. I think the better ground will suit him. I was looking at this race earlier on and the market couldn't split the top three, Victoria, Edwardstone and Banbridge. But it looks like Banbridge has come in for a bit of support now and I can definitely see the case for him. I think he is the, the, the horse in here that has the most potential at grade one level currently. Now, Edward Stone is, is stepping up in trip, which I think is a wise move because he doesn't seem to have that speed to match the likes of John Bond anymore. Um, so I'd be interested to see how he gets on, but he's maybe a horse that, I don't know, he could maybe be a little bit better with more dig in the ground against a horse like Bambridge, who I think has plenty of speed. Um, he's run well fresh in the past as well, so I'm not really concerned about the layoff. Uh, although he hasn't been seen since um, he won the manifesto at Aintree. I was there that day and he was looking really well and he won nicely too. And it was a shame that he skipped the festival, Cheltenham, but you know, he was a good winner at Aintree and I think this race will perfectly suit him. Uh, the ground, as you say, it's definitely key to him. It's on the better side now um, after a few dry days. So, I can see him beating the others for speed in this race. I think Victory needs to be respected. Um, he's a really good horse at grade two level, but I just think Banbridge might have that edge of class 
um, should I be keen to stick with him in this? It's definitely an intriguing one. Um, you have to say that there's quite a few that you can definitely make a case for. In fact, all of them on some of their best form. I think Bambridge is interesting with the ground likely to be in his favour. And it's interesting as well that they've decided to try and campaign him in the UK. They've not really targeted any races in Ireland as of yet. Um, so that that is something to consider. Edward Stone is intriguing, I think, stepping up in trip. But Alan King's horses, they've not been coming up to scratch, in my opinion. I think there's been a few horses of their yard just been disappointed of late. So that would be a slight concern for me. Pig Dory, I didn't think he jumped particularly well the last day. Um, when he won at Ascot, obviously he's got a good record at Kempton and he'll like um, the ground as well. But I don't know. I don't know if I could trust him in, in the jumping department. I thought not long till May could be a little bit overpriced. Obviously, the form maybe to somewhat an extent was um, maybe not with stage star, not coming up at Trump's at, uh, at Cheltenham on New Year's Day. But he still ran a really good race in the Paddy Power to finish second. He's won going right handed before at Musselburgh, which isn't a too dissimilar track to Kempton. So I thought a 13-2, he might be a little bit overpriced. So I'd probably just maybe have a saver on him, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if any if any of them could win it. I thought it was a really tricky race. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to side with not long till May, but I can definitely see the case for Banbridge. We're now going to move on to the feature race at Kempton, which is the 242. It's the Coral Lanzarote Handicap Hurdle. Empire's Toir is seven to, your 72 favourite. We've then got Neiman Lyon at 13-2, along with Sonogenio. King Alexander next in at 9-1, to one, and then Good Luck Charm is 14-1. to one. Marco Gold, 16s, along with Upper up Parole. And bigger are the rest. Katie, this is an absolute minefield. Or is it? I know you quite like one in the, the green and gold colours. Tell us more. Yeah, no, I quite, I usually like to go against the favourite, especially when they're as short as Impostois is in a big race like this where anything can happen. But I think he could be well in on a mark of one, three, four. Uh, he's a really consistent horse. He's got five wins and three second place finishes in eight career runs. And he was last seen rallying um, in the closing stages when finishing second to Lucia Ascot. I'm a big fan of Lucia, so I think that's a really good line of form. And I just think he could still be well ahead of his mark. Um, so I think he's got plenty of leeway off his mark now. And yeah, I think he's going to be really tough to beat if he stays out of trouble in this race. So I'm really confident with his chances actually on Saturday. Even though it, it is a tricky race and it's very competitive, I just think he's the best horse in it and he's got a lot of uh, further improvements come possibly. He's only a six-year-old, um, so I'm quite excited by him. I think Nemean Lyon deserves a mention as well, though, because he's been a solid horse for Kerry Lee, hasn't he? And, and performing at a high level as well. So I think he's going to go well. Um, and I will also mention one, from an each way angle and it's Quinta Demar for Ben Pauling I backed him in the race last year and he's on the same mark this time around with Bo Morgan taking five pounds off um, it was a really tough race in testing conditions last year and only four horses finished um, and I think Quinta Demar had about two hurdles to run when he was pulled up so he probably would have finished fifth or sixth had he carried on um, but it was a really tough testing race last year I think this better ground will be more to suit him and he's a big price at 20 to 1 so I'll be keen on him post for the win but I will also have a bit of a saver on Quinta de Ma. I think he could run into the places yeah I can definitely see why in post is favorite he ran a really good race uh, Ascot last time out behind one of your favourites, Lucia and um, time for that as well we won at Cheltenham as well and I, I just think if he wins this he could maybe be a horse that um, could be aimed at maybe the Coral Cup. Maybe that's a race that JP likes to target at the festival. And he probably does have a little bit more to offer over this trip as well. So I think stepping up in trip is definitely a positive move. But as Katie said, there's plenty in here. If you wanted to go with a few at bigger prices that you could take him on with, a few that jumped out to me. Uh, the first one being Samuel Spade 
for Keelan Woods and Ben Paul in this horse. Um, I thought absolutely bothered up when he won at Taunton last time out. I'm surprised he's only rated still 125. He seems to like these uh, sharper tracks, these sharper right-handed tracks. Probably good ground as well. He's won at Kempton as well, should be mentioned, when he won uh, on Boxing Day as a juvenile hurdler or at uh, the Christmas meeting anyway. So he does like it around here. And um, I think over this kind of trip as well, he's he's got a little bit more to offer. And the other one I thought was worth a mention uh, was Wonderwall. Uh, for Sean Flanagan and uh, Peter Bowen. Interesting horses. Um, we've always known he's been a classy horse, was a very good bumper horse, but just hasn't, it's never really kind of clicked for him into better races over hurdles and over fences. He's combined the two. Um, he started off the season when finishing fourth uh, behind Ginny's Destiny at Cheltenham back uh, in November. Um, and he now reverts back hurdling. The last time he actually did try hurdles, he finished 13th, I think, in the county hurdles. So he does need to step up. But I thought of 128, if the ground's good, he, he definitely may be worth a, a small play. There has been a little bit of nibbles for him. He was 33 to 1 earlier. He's now into 22s. So there has been some money around. And probably people are seeing uh, the jockey booking of Sean Flanagan. Um, wouldn't come over to the UK for too many rides. Is known as a little bit of a job jockey, it has to be said. And um, I do think that is definitely something to, to note. Why is he coming over when he could have maybe been at Fairy House on Saturday and riding a few there? So I think that that's really interesting. And it's his only ride on the card as well. So there are my two against the field, Samuel Spade and Wonderwall. But you could make a case. For I will anything. mention as well, Chris, there's one in there that has done well for us in the past. And he's a very big price. And he's actually off quite a good mark. He's only £2.00 higher than his last winning mark when he won the Betfair Hurdle last February. Fork and risk. Yeah, possibly. He's a big I mean, price. He's a big price, but I'm just not sure if he would stay the trip. And he does have to carry a big weight. That's all my concern with him. I, I wonder if the, the plan is to go back to the Betfair Hurdle. Could be. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I just... But I think he's off a decent mark if he... If he could carry the weight and stay the extra distance, he's off a good mark. He's a big price. Yeah, he, he's definitely a big price, and he likes it around Kempton as well. I think he's a, a great two. I think he won the Dovecot, uh, the grade two novice hurdle. I remember fancying him and tipping him up that day, um, and uh, he did well. Um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe he's just off a bit of a big weight, and over this trip as well, I just have my doubts. And there's probably going to be a lot in here going want to go to the front as well. It, um, it might be better, yeah. best for patient tactics because they're probably going to go hard. I remember the year that uh, Bill Callahan was on the podcast and he napped Boreham Bill at 66 to 1. And Ben Jones gave him a patient ride out the back and he came through beaten horses late on to win. So, uh, yeah, this this is a race I've not got a very good record in. The closest I ever came to winning it was with a horse called De Bestie Man for Susie Smith a few years ago. I was there that day in 2020. The, the year that COVID struck and uh, he was there and he came um, towards the last. He was a couple of lengths clear and he unseated uh, Mikhail Nolan. So, yeah, that this race does owe me one, but I, I don't think I'm going to be finding the winner this year. But <laughs> it is one that I would like to get the monkey off the back because this is one race I do always like every year. But, yeah, still haven't really found one to get close. It's a tricky one because it's so competitive, isn't it? And anything can happen when you've got so many runners and, yeah, it can be a tricky one. I hope there's no bad luck stories for our picks. No impulse far, anyway. I, I think you'll go very well. Okay, so Katie's going to stick with the jolly. Sometimes it's best to keep it simple. And to be fair, I can see why. So in post why it's for Katie. But, uh, yeah, so that is uh, our thoughts then on the card at Kempton. We're now moving over to Weatherby now to their feature race. Uh, which I was a little bit surprised at because this race, I'm pretty sure, used to be run over three miles and now it's down to two and a half miles. So, yeah, a little bit of an odd one there, but it's the 110 at Weatherby. Uh, it's the William Hill Towton Novices Chase. It's a grade two contest. And Colonel Harry, I'm surprised to see, is as sure as even money. He is your favourite there. We've then got Trelawne next in at 10 to 3 or 130, as some people like to call it. Uh, the King of Rye Hope at 13 to 2, Chasing Fire at 17 to 2, and Hurricane Highway, the outsider, 20 to 1. Katie, Colonel Harry. Um, I'm not sure about this step up in trip. A lot of his family suggests that 
really they're they're, they're two milers. Um, and even though he did plug on well at the end, I, I did think he was a little bit short. I think he's the right favourite, and I can see the case for him. He stays the two miles well in really testing conditions, and you know he stayed the two mile to um, at Calso last season. It's not a race that excites me, to be honest. It's a, it's a grade two, but I don't know if there's any other horse in here that's going to beat him. Um, it's the thing. I'm not going to be backing him at even money, and I probably won't get involved in the race myself. But I can see the case for him. I think he is the one to beat, and the others have to step up a bit to match the level that he has shown. Um, there's a horse in here like Chasing Fire, for example. I I don't think he's shaped as the most natural chaser, and he'd have to improve his jumping plenty to get involved. I'd say uh, with the others, I, I just think they have a bit to find uh, on form, and the rating shows that as well. So I, I don't have a strong fancy to be honest. I'd probably give this one a miss, and it'd be just a watching brief for me. Yeah, I can completely see that. It's not uh, one that makes great appeal. I thought. Maybe Trelawn, even though it is obvious that he is the second favourite in the bet, and would probably be the one to give Colonel Harry most most to think about. I just thought it's interesting that David Bass is riding here. He could have been riding Chianti uh, Classico down at uh, Kempton for for Kim Bailey, but Trelawn, I didn't think didn't think ran too badly behind Ginny's Destiny. Obviously, Grey Dornan finished second in that race. We'll be talking a bit a little bit more about him later on in the show. Um, but I just thought maybe at uh, 130, um, he wasn't actually a bad price there. And we know he stayed further if he does go to the front. Yeah, game. that's the thing. He stayed over further, hasn't he? He's proven over almost three miles. So if it does turn into a real stamina test, it looks like the ground is going to be quite sticky and testing conditions for the horses. So if Colonel Harry, you said you maybe have doubts over his stamina, if he doesn't quite stay, then Trelawn will be there to pick up the pieces and take advantage, won't he? Yeah, I think well, Trelawn probably be given a prominent ride. We know David Bass can sometimes be a, an aggressive jockey from the front. And if he gets him into a good rhythm, sometimes it's hard to peg back over those fences at Weatherby. So, um, yeah, I think uh, if Trelawn is ridden aggressively, um, he could be definitely one to maybe upset Colonel Harry. I love Colonel Harry as a horse, but... For me, I just wonder maybe he could be a horse that could run well in a in a grand annual or, or something like that. Maybe maybe a handicap. Maybe isn't quite up to proper graded class, but we'll have to see how we see how he goes. But uh, I, I do think Trelaw is is definitely a worthy adversary, and I might have a saver on him, but not not a not a big one. But I I just thought he was interesting and was maybe a little bit overpriced in the context of this race. Right, we're now moving over to Warwick. Uh, where they've got a very good card. It's probably their best card, you have to say, of the jump season. And the first race we're going to look at is the 149 at Warwick. It's the Potomps Network Handicap Hurdle. It's one of the qualifiers. This race is actually normally one of the better qualifiers. I've seen a few horses come and win the, or, or at least be placed and qualify for the race and then go on to win the race at Cheltenham in recent years. And um, yeah, it's quite a competitive little heat. So Kintara's your favourite at 11-4. to four. We've then got Mel Munro as well, uh, next in at 3-1 to one for Gordon Elliott. Martha Bray, 6-1. to one. Shallow River, 9s. Third win, who actually tipped to win the race two years ago, is 10-1. to one. Gentleman at Arms, 12s. And Jay Foire and uh, Big Breakaway are the outsiders of the field. Katie, interesting that Gordon Elliott's got one in this race mayor as well who um who don't who mayors don't have a bad record in this race uh mrs milner won the attempt so he could be uh, maybe i'm one up there with uh, mel monroe did you quite like the angle with her yeah i think any irish raider in the uk is has got to be hugely respected and gordon elliott sending one over you'd think she's going to have a good chance uh you know but it's I'm not sure it's a race that I'd be getting involved in again. I think it's quite a trappy one. You could easily see Mel Monroe go and win, but you know, maybe she'll be one to fill the places and, and just qualify. Um, so it's a bit of a tricky one. I'd say the one that I had my eye on is Shallow River. I thought he was off quite a nice mark. He's off 1-2-1, one, one. Bradley Harris claiming five for Anthony Charlton. Um, if you look back at his form, 
there's one piece of form that stuck out to me and it's when he finished second at Newton Abbott in October behind Rambo T. He was only a neck behind on that day and we saw Rambo T recently um, bolt up at Newbury beating Irish Hill who's running in the Lanzarote. So it was a nice bit of form. He beat some good horses um, that day did Rambo T and you know, I just thought maybe Shallow River's being overlooked here and at his best he could possibly play a part um, so I was quite interested to see how we get on but again it, it would be more of a watching brief for me this one I'd be intrigued to see um, how they all get on and how the race develops but I probably won't be having a bet in it yeah I can see quite a few angles in here I think there'll be definitely a few that want to get qualified at least for the festival I think if there was a horse that might want to win the race on the day though that potentially could be gentlemen at arms for Kieran Geffen's and Stuart Edmonds. I just thought he was a little bit overpriced here at 12 to 1. Two starts ago, he won very well to qualify for the race when he won at Aintree. And then he threw in an absolute stinker last time out at Newbury. I think you can put a line through that. But if you look at some of his form at Warwick, he's not run too badly here. He finished second in the Leamington Spa, Grade 2 Novices Hurdle behind Staghorn a couple of seasons ago. And then he ran here um, in a quite competitive handicap at the end of the season uh, off the same mark of this, 129, when he finished fourth. And he met Martha Bray that day, and he's much better off at the weight. I think he's like about six pounds better off this time. And I think that's definitely an interesting angle. I think he likes these these tracks that have got a little bit more emphasis on speed. You'd definitely call Warwick a sharp track. It often favours a, a lot of um, speedier types. It's not really a, a galloper's track. So I, I do think that gentleman at arms, really about 12 to 1, I think he's maybe worth another chance here. Um, like I say, he's got not a bad record at Warwick. And yeah, I'm going to give him a go each way. I think 12 to 1 isn't a bad price. But like you said, Katie, there's plenty in here you can make a case for. And I'm sure Cheltenham for one or two of them is probably going to be where it, it all counts. But uh, yeah, I think there'll be a few in here that maybe a little bit bigger prices like gentleman at arms that maybe could be ready and they're, they're the ones to coincide with in the race that probably are happy to win it. Yeah, what do you make of the big breakaway in here? I mean, its form figures are like a postcode this year. PF, well, P5PP, they're the last five runs. I mean, you have to respect him. I mean, this is probably a last-minute kind of plan um, or just see how he goes, really. Probably they feel like maybe he's lost the enthusiasm for chasing. He's not really shown too much, has he, this season? And, yeah, I think we sometimes see this when horses maybe these high-class staying handicap chasers, maybe when they start to down tools, they, they they run them over hurdles just to give them a bit of a, or try and give them a bit of a new lease of life. So. Yeah, maybe he just needs a different challenge and we'll see a different horse. He's only a nine-year-old. It feels like he's been around for a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, He, he only was, has 19 career runs, though. He was a big talking horse when Colin Tizard was on the licence. You know, everyone thought... He was going to go on to, to really big things. He's been a great horse for connections over the years. Maybe he hasn't quite lived up to the expectations that some thought he might achieve. But, uh, yeah. He almost won the Welsh National off. Well, carrying Lemonstone 13, though, to be fair to him. He was unlucky. Yeah, that was definitely, it would have been his Probably day. Probably his so. day, yeah. But, um, but like I say, he's still been a great horse for connections. And, uh, yeah, um, maybe coming over hurdles now might just, spark a bit of life but I personally couldn't have him I'm just happy to see how he gets on so that's uh, the Potemps Network um, qualifier covered off at Warwick we're now moving on to an intriguing race again the 224 it's the Trusted Trader Hampton Novices Chase it's a grade 2 contest and Apple away is your favourite 2 to 1 we then got Grey Dawn in next in at 9 to 4 Broadway Boy at 5 to 2 the Change of Man at 8 to 1 and Carbon King is the outsider at 50 to 1. Now, Katie, um, many for many people, they're going to be looking at the top of the market, but I know there's a horse in here that you think's quite overpriced. Fire away. Yeah, I put this horse up for that valuable handicap at Haydock in I around 66 to 1, and I really fancied him on that day, and he was a non-runner, which was a bit getting. I doubt he would have beaten Slate Lane anyway, but I really thought he had a good chance of making the frame at least. Um, and it's Carbon King. And 
he was a non-runner there. He went to Foss last and he ran uh, on heavy there back over fences. He's run over fences in the past, didn't get much success. I thought he'd be one to catch in a really competitive handicap hurdle. But now we see him here in a grade two over fences. So he's a bit of a long shot, isn't he? We can say that he's a massive price and he's got loads to find on ratings. But I just think he's better than his mark of one, two, four suggests. If you look back through his form uh, in Ireland uh, at the start of last year, he beat Buddy One by 12 lengths. Um, and Buddy One, as we know, he came over to Cheltenham in November, won well there. He's rated 152 now. He was last seen running in the Jack de Bromwich Christmas hurdle at Leopardstown in the grade one there. Buddy One's a really good horse. And to be in by 12 lengths now, it may have been a fluke on the day, but I think Carbon King has shown enough in the past to suggest that he could be 10 to 15 pounds better than his current mark. And it is a bit of a hopeful one, but I think the fact that he was entered and declared for the, the race at Haydock and he's been declared here now is a sign of intent um, that maybe he is better than, than people think and that his mark suggests. So I'm hoping he can run a big race for me on Saturday. He's 50 to one. So again, he's a long shot, isn't he? And I guess it would be no surprise if he, if he couldn't even get near the, the leading trio in here, but I just think he's being underestimated and I'd hope he's a lot better than one, two, four. So I'm hopeful he can put in a good performance anyway. Yeah, I actually see the angle of him. Um, you kind of convinced me around to him after the last uh, few uh, weeks about talking about him, and we missed him when he came in at Foss Lass at fourteen to one. We don't remind me. He slipped through the net that day, and uh, yeah, we did. We both of us didn't get paid out, so that's one that has definitely uh, scarred us. But it's just a wonder of why would he be running in this race. Yeah, because you could see him running in a handicap off his mark now. He could exploit that mark and maybe win a nice pot over hurdles, uh, or even over fences in a in a valuable little handicap. But the fact that he's in here, I hope, indicates that they think a lot more of him. Yeah, I, I can see the case for for Carvin King. Why is he running in here? As you say, not in, not in a handicap. Like I think off a mark of one, two, four, he could easily have. 10 pound in hand it's just that that leap of faith isn't it is he going to find 20 pounds on ratings which he effectively needs to 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 probably really get him get involved here but i do think he has been overlooked and you make the case with buddy one I and he's receiving a bit of weight as well yeah so although he still has a lot to find you can maybe look at broadway boys form and think is he a 150 rated horse he's shown really good form but i don't know I'm just not sure. I'm not convinced by any of the, the three at the top of the market. Like Grey Dawning, I like a lot, but he needs to prove himself over the trick for me. And Apple Away is a, a really good mare. I mean, she beat Maximilian in uh, in this afternoon, didn't she, at Aintree? So she beat him by she, default. Brian Hughes, that was a terrible ride that day. Well, I rate Maximilian so highly. So if she beat him, then you know, she has to be good. But I was at Haydock and she was very disappointing on that day. It was a chasing debut and she's entitled to improve for it. But I just wonder if she was to make a few more mistakes. And Grey Dawning as well, he was let down by a mistake last time, wasn't he? I don't think they can do that here because, as you said, Warwick is a bit of a speed track, isn't it? And the fences can be quite unforgiving. So I don't think they're going to have the time to recover if if they were to make a mistake. So maybe Carbon King could just you know, sneak into the race. And especially if the front three take each other on too early, they get racing too far out as well. Just wonder if Carbon King could sneak in there, hopefully anyway. Yeah, well, from Foss from what I remember seeing of him, he jumped pretty well. So that's definitely, I think, an asset to him. He, he, he didn't look like a novice, put it like that to me, when he was jumping up. Foss last because I was literally going, please don't win, please don't win, please don't win up up the home straight. But um but he did. He, he, he and I think he I think he pretty much... should say to please don't win because we hadn't backed him that day when I was I, I couldn't stop talking about him for the Haydock race, could I? No, you couldn't. I mean you put him up at sixty six to one, you were yeah. confident on him. 
connection I was a bit to pull off a bit of a punt, punt before in that race. So definitely has has the standout form. The only thing I would say is Adam Wedge is riding at Weatherby. Uh, I don't know if that's for his ride there um, in, in the Towson. Um, is it Highway Hurricane or Hurricane Highway? I can't remember that name, that one off the top of my head. But yeah, that's probably why he's running in there. But Calvin King, yeah, I, I really respect him. If I had to go for one at the top of the market, I probably just would go with Gray Dornan. I mean, I think you can slightly forgive him that the run last time out. I, I'm not sure um, if he if he will really stay. We, I, we're yet to kind of know either way, I think. I think you can give him excuses when he's tried three miles a couple of times. Yeah, I like the horse a lot, and that, but that's my only doubt with him. If this was run over 2-4, two, 2-5, two, I'd be keen to stick with Ray Dornan, but it's just that unknown whether or not he's going to stay, isn't it? Yeah, I th and I think if he gets into a good rhythm, he he could be really hard to beat. He was definitely coming there to 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 beat Jenny's destiny, and obviously if he if he hadn't made that mistake, he probably would have won. Um, and he was running on quite strongly at the end, but should just I think he he will stay. He didn't get very far when he was up against the likes of Appleway and um, Maximilian in the, in the three mile novice hurdle at Aintree, um, and he fell that day. Um, and then when he ran at Exeter, I know that was a bit of a strange race. But Skelton, uh, in a lot of his comments in the media, was saying that they just needed the run this season. So maybe he did need the run. So I think there are a couple of excuses, definitely. And he has one round work before, okay, over hurdles, but we know he handles the place. And uh, yeah, I, I would probably just give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm not sure about Apple away. I think, yes, she's a very good mare. Um, but I think she won a bit of an egg and spoon race last time out uh, at Leicester, and it's really hard to judge judge that form. The race did fall apart. All we know that she went round and she jumped well, um, basically. And even though, yes, the horses in there on their day, they're not bad horses that she was running against, they've never really ran us any kind of race to really put it up to her. I, I, I think um, the, the race really fell apart then. You, you, it's hard to judge her on that. And then it's hard to judge her if she was ready or not for the race at Haydock, isn't it? Um, when she was thrashed by Grey Dornan. So it, it's hard to know, I think, where we stand with her. I think just because she gets the mayor's allowance, that's why maybe she's been put in as favourite and she won by a wide margin at Leicester. But people maybe aren't taking everything into consideration. So I, I'm I'm happy to sit on the fence with her at this stage. I, I think that Grey Dornan probably will beat her. Broadway boy as well. We could talk about him as well. I mean, obviously he's been great for connections this season. But I remember you were saying to me, Katie, earlier in the week that you, you weren't sure about the substance or a lot of his form, and maybe he's had a few hard races now, and he might just start to to feel the pinch and some of these. Yeah, and you think that he's going to be aimed at Cheltenham, isn't he? So that's going to be the final target, and I doubt they'd want him to peak too early. And as you say, he's had a couple of hard races now. So maybe this is just going to be a prep run. He might not be fully tuned up for it. Even if he isn't, maybe he'll be good enough to win. But I just, I just have my doubts. And anyway, Calvin King is in there. So I'm with him, aren't I? Yeah, exactly. I will, I will just give a quick mention. I was looking at the market now for the race. And Calvin King is best priced at 50 to 1 with a couple of bookmakers. But he's as short as 16 to 1 elsewhere. Are you seeing that as well? 16 to 1? I'm not sure. Let's... Let's get the old uh, odds checker out. That's a big see... difference. It's 20 to 1 in places too. It's a big difference in his price. That is big. Some, it's probably people listening to this that, that are backing him. Let's have a look. <laughs> Let's see what price he is. I mean, that is interesting if, if the money is, is coming from him. Or do people know that you've submitted your tips early to racing TV and getting on? Um, so that that is known to have happened in this game. Uh, I, I do know that for a fact that some of these people they get the, get the tips early that they they do. I get think them. fifty to one in a five runner race is it's a big price, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. I think I think on that form and you why, should be and shorter. Yeah, Evan Williams. I'm seeing twenty. I'm seeing twenty five to one in 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 a few places. Um, oh, sixteens with uh, a few bookmakers as well. Yeah, Betfair, Paddy Pound, Bet Victor, all going sixteen. So. That is something. It's, it's the value, isn't it? So we'll yeah, take that. I can confirm that there's 50 to 1 with Bet365, Coral, and Labrooks at the time of recording this podcast. So there wasn't just one firm offering that. So 
if you listen to this and he comes in, he was available at 50 to 1 when we were recording him. And we're not jumping on the bandwagon. I can tell you that Katie has been going on about it for the last couple of months. So, um, yeah, for all those people that sometimes think, oh, we're just following the blue and odds checker, we're really not. So that's uh, that's our thoughts then on, on the Hampton Novices chase. We're now going on to the feature race at work now. And this looks a real head scratcher. It's the Wiggly Group Classic Handicap Chase. Melina Girls, your favourite, five to one. We've then got Good Pan Colonge next in at seven to one. Beauport, 17 to two. Fontaine Colonge, nines. Galia de la Toe, nines as well. Major Dundee, tens. Bigger are the rest. Katie, another tricky competitive handicap to get our teeth stuck into. But are you going to go with the favourite again, Melina Girl, a favourite of yours? Yeah, I think it's quite easy. Um, and look, it... It's funny because I keep saying it to you and when we do the podcast every week, I try and go against the favourite as much as I can. But it just so happens that I like a couple of them this week. It's still a decent price. Like I'm seeing five to one about Melina Girl. I think that's a really nice price for her because if she's anything near her best, um, I think she just wins with ease here. Um, she has Kono Stone Walsh aboard, fame in five as well. That's going to ease her burden a little bit because she's used to carry 12 stone off a mark of 146. I think she was harshly put up £11 for that win at the November meeting and I know she beat Cloudy Glen by 10 lengths but I don't know, £11, it, it seems quite excessive. I think trainers in this country have to fear when Gavin Cromwell sends on over because he's been in fine form in England this season, hasn't he? Um and I think Melina Girl was running a big race on her subsequent run last time out at Cheltenham and she fell even with that that rise in the weight. So I'm very keen on her chances. I think she's she's still capable of a mark of one four six now. And as I said, that five pound coming off will just help her cause. So I think she's gonna run a big race. And I think five to one is is quite generous, even if it's an each race. Um, but if you think that horse is maybe going to be well handicapped up a low weight, but I I can see her just winning this, so I'm I'm quite confident in her chances. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take her on with an old cliff horse of mine, Gutspunker Lunge. Now these two did meet at Cheltenham uh, back in November, but I didn't think Gutspunker Lunge. He, he didn't discredit himself. He's a horse that I'm waiting to to have a big race in him. I've been following him since he won at Market Raisin as, as a six-year-old. And I think he did really well last season. He was a bit of a baby in these kind of races, even though he was like six, seven. Um, he, he was really going through through um, these races really well and probably just finding a few more that had a bit more experience in these kind of races, just having the edge over him. But now he's come to the boil now, and I think there's not really too many excuses. He's been there. He's got the T-shirt now. And he should be ready to kick on. Um, he's going to be slightly better off this time at the weights with Melina Girl. He had to give give her a pound last time they met at Cheltenham. So there is a, a few um, few pounds in his favour this time. And also as well, he's won at the track, which is a real positive. He didn't run too badly in this race uh, last year for a long way. But like I said, I, I just think that was the first time we really saw him in a race of this nature. And um, he had to kind of... Um, deliver on those expectations and I didn't think he did a bad job at all Richie McLernan as well is uh, booked for the ride, one on him at Carlisle not a negative jockey booking at all and also as well, it should be mentioned that Richie McLernan is on absolute fire at the moment, he rode a winner called Holly when I was at Market Raisin on Tuesday and then he had a treble at Carrick today, so it seems like he he's kind of the man of the moment. So yeah, Richie McLaren is definitely not not a bad jockey booking there. And I'm hoping he's going to be able to steer Gaspan Colonge home, obviously from the family as well. Neptune Colonge, so stamina is in his name. So I'm going to go with him. But real head scratcher this one, Katie, isn't it? If you if you want to look elsewhere, Melina girl. Okay, Melina girl. Just keeping it simple. That's the way we do things here. That's uh, in the saddle podcast. Let's move on then to the other big race we're going to look at at Warwick. It's great that they've rearranged this. Um, shame it didn't get to go ahead at Sandown last week, but I think it's an intriguing test that has come into Warwick. There's plenty of horses in here that have got 
good cause for them. It is, uh, of course, uh, 335 Union Bet Veterans Handicap Chase. It is the series final, and Celebra Delen is your favourite, seven to one. We've then got I Right, an old favourite mine at fifteen to two, along with Good Boy Bobby. We've then got Mill Green at nine to one, along with Ramesses Tele. Thomas Darby, who won one of these qualifiers here over this course and distance, is next in at ten to one. Sapaja Elevens and bigger other rest. Katie, again, we spoke about this last week. There's quite a few old favourites in here. Um, which uh, horse are you going to give your uh, you're going to put your money on again this time around? There are old favourites in here, which makes it hard. Um, like Topville Ben is one of my favourite horses. Uh, the horse that he's got giant ears. I just absolutely love him. But I've been putting him up a few times now and he hasn't quite been performing. He was better last, last time out, wasn't he? At Aintree. But I just don't really have the confidence that he's going to win a race. I'll be cheering him on but I find it hard to, to back him at the moment. Um, the horse that I really like in this is another old favourite, and it's Lord de Menil. I was really impressed with him last time, over two and a half at Cheltenham. I, I couldn't have him that day, but he was back into favouritism. He went off at four to one under Gavin Sheehan. Uh, I just didn't think he would have liked that trip. Uh, I think he would have needed much further. So the step back up to three here, I think will really suit. And, makes me quite confident in his chances. He's five pounds lower than his last winning mark as well. And he shows that he's still in good form um, with some nice performances last year. So I think he's going to go really well. I think he's drifted a bit today, though. It's a slight concern. But 16 to 1, I think, is a really nice each rate price for him. It's quite an open race, isn't it? Um, but 16 to 1 about Lord de Manil, I think that's a really nice price. So I'll be quite keen on his chances. Yeah, I can see the case for him there. I'm going to go with the horse that I did put up in this race last week because arguably I think he'll be suited by Warwick as well. And that is Boldmere uh, for Brian Carver and Alex Hales. Um, this horse I thought ran quite well last time out at Sandown in the London National. Ran well for a long way, got into a really good rhythm, and that's what you're going to need at Warwick. You need to jump in a really good rhythm there, especially when you're going down the back when those is it four or five fences that come at you really fast. If you can get into a good rhythm there, I think that will definitely suit him. He's won at these kind of tracks before. He's won at Doncaster before. He'll like the ground as well if it does continue to dry out. And Brian Carver, back aboard now as a positive. He was actually um, at Wincanton last week. And if Sandown had stood up, um, Harry Bannister was in the plate. But Brian Carver's no bad jockey. He's won on him before at Doncaster. So I do think a 33-1 to 1, he is, uh, he's no rag, of, he should be no rag of the field. And uh, I do think off the mark of 132, he's actually uh, not badly treated there against some of these old boys. So I'm going to go with him, um, Boldmere. But again, there's going to be quite a few in here that you can make a case for. And I'm sure there'll be a few turning in that uh, that uh, you, you can discount. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Boldmere here. I, I just... What about your old friend, Cyclops? Uh, Cyclops, he, he is an old favourite. He's got four more over the course and distance, and Ned Fox is aboard as well. I uh, like Ned's claiming five pounds, but I don't know. I just think now he age might just be catching up on him, and he's had quite a few hard hard runs, and uh, I'm probably just going to swerve him, but he'll probably go and hose him now. There's been quite a few horses in the last few weeks that I've tipped or I've followed, and it hasn't been their turn, and then when I've deserted them, they've gone in and won. Arguably, Holly one big... of them the other day. So yeah, was... Holly, yeah. That was a painful one for you, a bit like me with Carbon King, I think. Yeah. Um, I I really like Land of Smiles as well, but he's more of a summer horse for me. If it was in the summer on better ground, I'd I'd fancy him. But I, I'm a big fan of him, and there's so many in here. And that's the beauty of this race. A two for gold, Sam Brown. It's a, it rams us today. It's a it's a brilliant race. It's nice to see these old boys getting to showcase what they can do and kind of celebrate them as well. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Good boy Bobby as well. I can't not mention him. Yeah, I can't not mention him. Been a great servant for connections. But yeah, I, I would love to see numerous horses here when um I think you can make a case for many and I wouldn't be um I wouldn't be begrudging quite a lot of these horses if, if they did win the race. Now that's it for the main ITV action this weekend. Katie, is there anything else the listeners should be um focusing their attentions on? I know Punchestown on Sunday we've got the the old Moscow Flyer, which is normally quite a good race. And Pera Pass won that last year going on to 
Ballymore Glory at, at the festival. And this is where Mystical Power looks like he's going to be going. He's, he's your five to four favourite. Um, it was potentially going to be heading towards uh, the, the Lawlers of Nace last Sunday and was a bit of money around for him as well. But it looks like connections have uh, diverted here. Um, probably not going to get many runners, but it could be, uh, again, an intriguing race for Cheltenham, couldn't it? Yeah, it definitely will be. It's interesting that Mystical Power has gone here instead of Nace. Kind of indicates that he's going to be more of a supreme horse for Willie Mullins. Like, we'll never know. We have to play the Mullins bingo, and I, I don't think anyone will know until uh, a couple of days before. But I think Mystical Power, he's been well back for the Supreme as well this week. So he's definitely going to be interesting. If he goes and bolts up, he's going to shorten significantly, isn't he? And Ballyburn has actually gone to the, towards the top of the market in the Supreme as well as the Ballymore. So it's going to be interesting just even just to see how the markets change, I suppose. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Mystical Power back. He has big shoes to fill, doesn't he, being the son of Galileo Nani Power. So hopefully he'll turn out to be a really nice one. And uh, I don't think there'll be much there to beat him. So he should make a winning return. I'm looking forward to seeing Blood Destiny back out as well, if he is declared um, for the novice chase. Uh, at 105 on the card so yeah he, he'll definitely be one to watch he's got some nice form and was just a bit keen at Cheltenham for the triumph wasn't he I think he's put line through that but he's done well over fences so far and uh, he's one that I definitely want to keep on side going forward yeah definitely um, I think the, the racing in Ireland not just um, tomorrow but Saturday at Ferry House looks good and also as well at Punchestown so definitely going to be keeping an eye and some of the Irish action. There was just one race I just wanted to talk about away from the races we've just spoken uh, about with the ITV action. Uh, Rare Edition runs in the last at Kempton on Saturday. Uh, for many people, probably uh, could be uh, going in here, getting out of jail. He's 11 to 8 currently for Harry Potter and Charlie Longton. He's got that form of, from the course and distance when he won a Christmas meeting back in 2022. But I just thought maybe he was a little bit handicapped up to the hill. The one that caught my eye um, was Douglas DC for James Bowen and Tony Carroll. Um, was a bit of an eye catcher last time when running at Ascot. Ran on uh, in, into finish uh, fourth place and was sent off 125 to one that day. Couldn't believe the price of that one when I was looking about this horse earlier. But on uh, some of his Irish form, he is interesting. And uh, I think he's a horse that maybe this isn't his day, but I think he's definitely going to get his head in front at some point. And it's interesting that they're running in here. Um, Ascot obviously isn't a too dissimilar track to Kempton. Obviously right-handed. The ground's probably going to be quite similar as well. Just thought he was interesting, uh, especially with James Byrne, who's definitely been filling in uh, very well for Nico de Boinville in recent weeks. So I'll be keeping an eye on Douglas DC. In the last, but that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks again to Katie. I think the lesson we've learned from this podcast is if we fancy a horse, back them in about two runs time because that, that's when they're going to ultimately win, isn't it? But so, yeah, thanks again for Katie for giving up the time. Hopefully we found you some. It's been a bit different tonight, hasn't it? We've had it on the video. Is this the first time in the saddle has ever been on live it video? It is. So hopefully we've not made a bodge job or <laughs> my fault of doing the editing but hopefully it comes out all right but yeah thanks uh for watching and uh, yeah we'll be seeing you again soon